All right, if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 4. And uh, I want to preach this evening on fishing. Amen? All the fishermen said amen. That's a good topic. Fishing. We're going to be uh, eventually here, after, not, not, the week, not next week, because I'll be at camp all this week, but we will be starting uh, to study the book of Revelation on Sunday night. And uh, that's upcoming, that's down the road a little bit, but uh, about two weeks from now. But, uh, so I didn't want to jump into that tonight and then miss a week, so we'll try and keep that as fluid as, as all together as we can. But I want to I look at fishing this evening, and we're called to be fishers of men. And uh, look with me in Matthew chapter number 4 and verse number 18 and 19. The Bible says, we'll go back to, yeah, verse number 18. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 18... And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And let's pray this evening. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the privilege uh, that we have to be in your house on a Sunday night. And Father, we thank you for uh, the, the, your faithfulness in all truth. Father, we sing that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. God, truly, you've been so faithful and so good to us. And God, I, I thank you again for uh, your many blessings and just the privilege to uh, be here at church and worshiping you tonight. Father, as we look at the passage, I pray that you would use me, God. I pray that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch each and every person that's here. And Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As we look at this passage, uh, Jesus had told his disciples, he told at least Andrew and uh, Simon Peter, uh, that he would make them fishers of men. And, uh, and so uh, I find it interesting, I think, Sometimes people think, well, God doesn't have a sense of humor. And I think, no, God definitely has a sense of humor. And, and here's just a play on words that he uses, you know. I mean, Andrew and Simon Peter, they were fishermen. And they were, that's what they were doing. They had been out on the sea and they were casting their nets and they were fishing. And Jesus saw them and he passed by and he said, hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And he makes a play on words. And uh, so I certainly think that God has a, a sense of humor, and uh, there's more, obviously, in the Bible than that. But, uh, but I, I do find it interesting that he uses that play of, on words. And, uh, and it's important that we all be fishers of men. If we're not fishers of men, uh, let me just say it this way. As I, even as, we pre as I preach this morning, our whole nation will suffer. Our community will suffer. Our neighborhood will suffer. Our church will suffer. And the area that we live, why is that? Because, listen, if, if, if we, if we right here are not fishers of men, then who's going to fish them? And who's going to win them? And who are they going to end up following? And so we have a great responsibility, us that are saved and uh, that, that are, are following the Lord, we have a great responsibility to reach the lost and dying world. And really, the souls of men, if you think about it this way, hang in the balances. And the fate of our community and our society hang in the balances 
if we don't reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have got to be a witness and a testimony to this world. And, uh, and so as we look at this passage, I believe this, that Jesus desires to make us fishers of men. And we're going to look at this and look at his first thing that he says there in verse number 19. And he saith unto them, follow me, follow me. You know, it's easy to get mixed up and following the wrong thing. Um, it's easy to, uh, to not be following the Lord. Many times we think, well, we're following the Lord, but we're not following him as closely as we think. You know, social media today, everyone talks about follow me. Hey, you can look me up on, on, on Instagram. You can look me up on Facebook, on Twitter, and all those. And I don't even know all the new ones. I mean, those are, uh, those are already outdated, you know. But, uh, but you can follow me there. And, uh, and listen, uh, Jesus' account is right here in the Bible. He says, hey, uh, I'm not on Twitter, and I'm not on Instagram, and I'm not on social media, but you know what? You can follow me through the Word of God. And it's important that we follow the Lord. You know, some people, uh, a lot of people, many people, they just follow the crowd. Um, boy, I mean, there, there are a lot of people like that. They're just, you know, whatever their friends are doing, that's what they're going to do. And they're just kind of following the crowd. And, and, and that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying this. We better be careful who we are following. Um, a story was counted, and, and I, I could probably have one similar to my own, but I, I couldn't think of one. But I uh, read the story of a new missionary. And he was on the foreign mission field, and I really related with this because uh, he didn't speak the language very well. He was only there for a very short time, and, and, and he wanted to go visit this new church. And so uh, he was going to visit this new church. Well, on his way going to visit this new church, he got a little bit turned around and got lost. And so uh, he did make it to the church, but he got there a little bit late. And when he got there late, uh, the, the seats were all filled up except for the front row. And so he, he goes in and he's laid and he sits on the front row and there's one other fella sitting there. And, and, and boy, as a missionary, uh, when you don't speak the language like this new fella, you, you really, you depend on watching everyone else just to do what they're doing. Well, he was at a disadvantage because he was sitting at the front. And so he only had the one fella sitting beside him. So out of the corner of his eye, he's just kind of watching that fella. And when you don't know the language, you know, and, and the song leader says in the other language to stand up, you don't even know what he said. And so he's just kind of sitting there and out of the corner of his eye, he sees the guy stand up and, and grab a songbook. So he grabs a songbook and he stands up and he looks on the other guy's page and he finds the right page number. And, you know, and he's just kind of watching the whole service. And, and when the, obviously the music had stopped, they sat back down. So he sat back down and he's sitting there and he doesn't have a clue anything that's going on. And, and, uh, and pretty soon the guy beside him grabs a songbook again. So he grabs a songbook and he stands up and, and you know, they turn to that page and, and he's just kind of following following what this guy beside him is doing. And, uh, and they got through with the song service, and, and the guy grabbed his Bible, so he grabbed his Bible, and, and he's just sitting there, and he's watching the guy, and, and so, you know, he opens up his Bible to roughly where he thinks he might be, and, and he's just kind of watching and observing everything, and he can tell that the pastor's preaching, but he doesn't really know what's going on. They get all the way through the service, and, and it seems like the pastor then is given some announcements. And... Um, and so he's just kind of sitting there, and, and all of a sudden, the, the guy beside him stands. So he stands up, and as he stands up, all of a sudden, there's gasps. 
And all of a sudden, he's like looking around, and he realizes nobody else is standing. And then he looks at the guy beside him, and he's sitting. So he sits back down. And uh, boy, they close the service out and, and, uh, and dismiss. And, and the pastor happened to speak a, a little bit of English, and he said, I, I see you're a, a new missionary. He said, yes, sir. And he said, I, I see you don't speak the language very well. And he says, well, is it that obvious? He said, well, he said, I was telling the church that there was a, a new baby born this week and that the father was present, and I asked the father to stand. And you and the guy next to you both stood up. So, so there was a lot of confusion. You got to be careful just following the crowd. You don't end up know when up. You don't know where you'll end up or, or how that's going to turn out. And, and Jesus said, follow me. A lot of people are just following the crowd. And you really do have to be careful when you're following the crowd because you don't know where that crowd's always going to end up. Hey, sometimes that crowd doesn't even know where they're going to end up. And they end up in places that you don't want to be. And I'm just saying Jesus said to follow him, not to follow a crowd. And so we need to be careful of following a crowd. Hey, some follow false teachers. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 3 and 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Hey, there are a lot of false teachers out there. And, and they're everywhere. And, and you know, uh, I was talking with somebody this week, and, uh, and we, had, we were talking about the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God. And, and, uh, and he said, you know, uh, if the, and, and I said this, he, I said, if the devil cannot destroy the Word of God, which he cannot, because God promised he would preserve it. God promised that it would be around. So if the devil can't, de uh, can't destroy the word of God, you know what the next, thing to, the next best thing to do? Flood the market with false Bibles. That's the next best thing. That way everyone else will be confused and nobody will really know where the truth lies because it's so flooded with false Bibles and false information. Listen, the same thing goes true with, with religion. Hey, you know, if you can't get rid of uh, religion, you can't get, of, get rid of God's truth, man, then just flood the market with false teachers and false information so much so that people are scratching their heads saying, well, I don't know what the truth is anymore. And, uh, and hey, we've got to be careful because there are some false teachers out there and everything they say sounds so good. But the problem is it doesn't line up with the Bible. And so we've got to be careful of false teachers. Some follow false teachers. Uh, some uh, follow the crowd. Some, they don't want to follow anybody. They're like, man, I am my own man. And I'm going to carve my own path. I, I, I kind of like that. that. That would be me if I were not following God. I like to carve my own path. My wife likes to say, you like to do everything the hard way. Well, maybe I do. I don't know. But, but, you know, there's, there's those who want to carve their own path. She's like, I don't know why you got to uh, build this when, when they already sell it. And I'm like, well, because I, I can. I can build it. That's why. And I have the, the then I say, look, I made that, you know, uh, carving their own path. A lot of people think, man, I'm going to carve my own way through this life and I'm going to do what I want to do. You know what the Bible says about that? The Bible says this, the way of a fool is right in his own eye. 
You know, they'll say, well, I, I'm, man, I am going the right way and I'm doing this the way I know and I'm doing the best I can and I'm going to carve my own path. But the second part of that verse says, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Hey, we ought to follow the counsel of God. Jesus said, follow me. Some people will follow the crowd. Some will follow false teachers. Some will say, hey, I'm not going to follow anyone, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Hey, and then praise the Lord, there are some, uh, like we have gathered in our church tonight, they're going to follow the Savior. Jesus said in John 10, 27, He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Praise the Lord for the sheep that hear His voice, that follow Him. And listen, even sheep that are following the Lord can get distracted, and we need to be sure, hey, I'm following the Lord tonight. We ought to make sure in our life that we're attempting to follow the Lord, and we're not off astray and wandering and, and perhaps diverted or distracted from following the Lord as we ought to do in our life. Because Jesus said here in verse number 19, He said, follow me. Listen, if we're following after God, then comes the next phrase, and I will make you fishers of men. You know, the second thing, if you're following the Lord, and I, I praise the Lord, I believe you are, I believe you want to tonight, we ought to be following the Lord, we ought to make sure that we're following the Lord, but the second thing that we look at it tonight is that He will make you fishers of men. You know what that means? You have to be flexible. You know what? When somebody else is teaching you and somebody else is saying, hey, I want you to do this and do that and, and this is the way. If somebody is going to teach you something, you have to be willing to be taught. You have to be moldable. If you're not moldable, if you're not teachable, uh, then listen, uh, then you're not flexible and, and the Lord is not going to force you to be a fisher of men. He wants you to become one. He wants to make you one. But you have to be flexible and be willing to be working with Him. Save your spot here in Matthew. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter number 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. And there's a very apropos illustration in the Word of God in Jeremiah chapter number 18 and verse number 1. We're talking about being molded to be made into a, uh, a fisher of men. And in Jeremiah 18, we have an excellent example of being flexible, being moldable, being somebody who can be, uh, I wanted to put formable, but I don't think that's a, an English word, to be honest with you, just because uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. Even though I tried to put it in the dictionary, I, I couldn't find it. So we'll put flexible. I had to be flexible, change. Jeremiah 18, look with me there in verse number 1. The Bible says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. 
We're talking about being flexible. We're talking about being made into a fisher of men. And, and as we look at this passage, there's a wonderful example because God told Jeremiah, hey, go down to the house of the potter. Jeremiah said, well, all right, I'll go down to the house of the potter. He didn't know if God had a message to give to the potter that was down there working or uh, maybe he thought something else. He didn't know what was going on. So he goes down to the house of the potter and he, he's standing there and he's just observing that potter as he works with that clay. And he's got that, apparently he's got a spinning wheel and he's molding that and whatever he's doing with that clay, he's working with it. And, uh, and as he's working with it, he's trying to make something and it didn't work out. So the potter takes that clay and he crushes it all back down. And another lump of clay. And he starts to form another vessel. And he starts to make something out of that vessel. And, and, and the whole illustration that, that God is giving to Jeremiah so that Jeremiah could turn around and give that to the nation of Israel is that, listen, uh, the nation of Israel was the clay that was in the potter's hands and God is the potter that is molding Israel how God wants it to be. Listen, the same could be said for our life today. God wants to make our life something. He wants to make us fishers of men. But if we're clay, and, and listen, if we're hard clay, you know what? There's a hard spot in there. He's got to take it out and throw it away. He's got he's to add more water. He's got to crush it. He's got uh, to make that clay. And I, I don't know a whole lot about working with clay, but I do know this, that the clay doesn't tell the potter what he wants him to be. The potter tells the clay what he wants it to be. And then the potter makes that clay and molds that clay, but that clay has got to be moldable, and we have got to be moldable. I read this. Here's a recipe, ready, for producing clay. This has nothing to do with Scripture. It is purely straight off the Internet, ready? So if you want to know how to make clay, here's how you do it. There's two methods. There's dry and there's wet. Number one, dry the clay thoroughly. Dry it all out. Then grind the clay into powder. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Add about 20% sand and add water and knead it until it's plastic, until it's workable. There's the dry method. The wet method is this. Soak the clay, mix it up into a slurry so it's a wet uh, a mixture, pour it through a screen and let it stand for several hours, pour off the water, pour liquid clay into a pillowcase to dry, add 20% sand, and knead it until it's mixed well. Now you think about this. That's all interesting. We're not going to make clay. I don't plan on making clay. But I tell you what. You know, that's kind of like our lives. Hey, there's got to be some stuff added to it. There's got to be some stuff taken out. God has to work on our life to produce the clay, to make it so that it's usable clay. And listen, he's got to work on our life, and there's some things he's got to add in there. There's some things he's, he may have to grind us down and dry us out. He may have to add more water into our, into our uh, life to make us the clay that is usable. But what I'm saying is God wants to make us fishers of men. We see the producing of the clay. They had to go get that clay. In Bible times, they'd go collect it, but still the same. They'd have to add water or, or make it so that it's the right consistency. You know, if you, uh, if you, as a kid, I left my Play-Doh out. And if you leave your Play-Doh out as a kid, you know what happens to it? Most parents do. It gets hard as a rock. You can't mold it. You can't do anything with it. Matter of fact, you throw it away. 
And, uh, and I'm just saying uh, that our life needs to be moldable, flexible, so that God can use us. And, and not only that, we find the processing of the clay. In Jeremiah 18.4, the Bible says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel. Hey, sometimes we mess up in our lives. Sometimes we have mistakes in our life. Sometimes we're stubborn and we don't do what God wants us to do in our life. And listen, uh, he might have to take that clay and start over and break it all down and say, let's start, let's keep going because he doesn't throw the clay away. He, he took and he, and he crushed it down and he said, hey, we're going to reuse this clay. We're not getting rid of it uh, because it's the clay that I have and he's going to mold it and make something of it. Listen, he wants to make something of our life. He wants to make us fishers of men. But we've got to be flexible. Listen, we can be so uh, hard-hearted uh, the Bible would call it, uh, the, the nation of Israel oftentimes was a stiff-necked people. In other words, they'd harden their neck, and, and they're going to go the way that they're going, and they're, there's nothing going to change that. And listen, we need to be careful that we're not hard-hearted or stiff-necked with the Lord, but that we would be flexible. These disciples... Hey, he took and, and worked with them for three and a half years while he was ministering and, and, and he was teaching them and he was training them and he wanted to make them into a, uh, uh, a fisher of men. We've got to be flexible in our life. Listen, after flexible, you think of all the clay and all the things that it can be molded into. Listen, God wants to make something of our life. We've got to be first following him. Secondly, we've got to be flexible. We've got to say, God, I'm willing. You could put down there as well, not just flexible, but surrendered to God. And say, God, if that's what you want me to do, that's what I'm willing to do. God, if you want me to do this, we've got to be willing to bend and we've got to be willing to do what God wants us to do. And he says there in, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, I will make you, I'll mold you if you're flexible, if you're willing to surrender to God. Then the second, the last thing he says, fishers of men. I just have a few observations about fishing. I'm not a great fisherman by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'm actually probably more of a casual fisherman and a fair weather fisherman. And when it's nice, I'll go out fishing. And when it, if it's not nice, and I couldn't tell you the lures, and I couldn't tell you the right bait for this or that, I just like to go drag a lure through the line. And there's nothing like having a fish hit and then reeling that thing in. So I'm not a big fisherman, but I do like, I enjoy fishing. And here's a couple notes about fishing. We're talking about not fishing for fish. We're talking about fishing for men. Fishermen must go to the water. Do you know that? You're not going to go, you go stand out here in the field, you are not going to catch a fish. I don't care how many times you cast. I don't care what kind of bait you have. I don't care what's going on. You're not going to find a fish in that field. There's no fish in the field. You have to go to the water. You have to go out to where they are at and you have to go with the intent uh, of catching that fish. Uh, the other day on Saturday, I, uh, I was able to get my canoe in the, in the water. Boy, I was so excited about that. Man, I put it in there, and, uh, and man, you get a canoe, and you get down the water, you can go out, and you can go a little further. You're not bound to the shore. You can go where the fish are. 
Man, I was paddling around, and, and man, I got my lure out, and I was casting. I didn't catch nothing. I caught a bunch of seaweed, but I didn't catch any fish. But, but you have to go where they are. You have to find where they're located, and you have to go out there with the intent of finding those fish. Listen, if, if you never go uh, to, to find lost people, you know what? As chances are, you're not going to be a fisher of men. And I'm not talking about going into bars and going into a place. You can go to Walmart and find people that are lost. You can go to the gas station and find people that are lost. You can go across the street, but you go with the intent of, hey, giving them the gospel. Give them a gospel track. Uh, talking to them about the Lord and, and, and talking with them. You have to go. A fisherman must go to where the water is. Not only that, but listen, uh, another note about that is a fisherman must cast their line. It's not enough just to go where the water's at. It's not enough just to bring your fishing pole with you. It's not enough to have your tackle box and you show up there on the water and just wait for the fish to jump out and land at your feet. That doesn't happen. I don't know a fisherman yet. Maybe it's happened once in a rare place. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, just because you show up at the water doesn't mean that the fish are going to leap out and, and jump at you and you're just going to take them home with you. A fisherman must cast their line. And listen, we have got to go out with the purpose and with the intent of getting the gospel to the lost and dying world. We've got to prioritize it. It's got to be something that we go with the purpose of. The other day when I went to the, to the lake and put the canoe in, and I brought, my, uh, I brought my fishing pole, and I brought my tackle box, and, and I went out there with the intent, hey, I'm going to cast that line in that water, and I'm going to try and reel some fish in. And we have got to go through our life with the intent and with the purpose of saying, hey, I want to reach some lost people. May we get up on Monday morning, uh, July 4th. Yeah, July 4th. You know what? People can hear the gospel on July 4th. July 5th, may we get up with the intent of saying, hey, I'm going to take gospel tracts with me this week and I'm going to find some people and I'm going to give them a gospel track and I'm going to make it a point to put my line in the water today. We go out to the water regularly. Oh, I, I drive by water all the time. In my car, I drive over streams and by ponds and by lakes all the time. But listen, if we don't stop and get our fishing pole out and put the gospel out there, then we're not going to catch fish. Fishermen must cast their line in order to catch fish. One more observation I'll give you on fishing, and it's one that I don't like much, but it is a truth. Fishermen must be patient. You know, you go out, you get a whole bunch. I've done this before. You get, your, get yourself all your, your worms, you get yourself all your bait, whatever you want to use for bait. You get it all of it and you're ready to go fishing. Man, you go out there to go fishing and you use all your bait and come home empty-handed. You say, man, that's a bummer. All those worms I dug up, I just fed the fish population. Well, maybe next time they'll actually get the hook. You know what I'm saying? This time you didn't get them. But next time I'm there, they're going to know, hey, that, that, that juicy worm, man, that was really good. That next one that comes by, I'm getting it. And, and they, might, they might not get saved this time around. You might have given the lady at the cash register a, trek, a track last time, 
But you know what? You can give her another track the next time you go through. The, the lady at the gas station, they might not get saved the first time you give them a gospel track. You've got to be patient when you're winning, uh, when you're talking with people and when you're witnessing to people and when you're uh, out soul winning. It, it's got to be something that will come with time. And, and maybe you'll go through and give that person a track and maybe somebody else will come through and, uh, and, and they'll talk to them. It's interesting. Uh, somebody, I was talking with somebody and I had made a visit and, and talked with that person and then later somebody else in the church said, hey, pray for so-and-so, they're going to have surgery. I said, I was just there to visit them a couple weeks ago. How do you know them? And she said, well, they're a friend of a co-worker that I work with. I said, well, that's interesting. And, and you don't know the connections. You might give that person a gospel track and somebody else might come through and say, hey, I want to give you a, a gospel track and, and invite you to our church. And that person might come to the church and get saved. And you might not realize that was the same person that maybe you had given a gospel track to earlier as well. And what I'm saying is that you've got to be patient when, when you're fishing for men and when you're fishing in general because uh, you're not going to catch something every single time you throw a line in the water. You're liable to come up empty many times. You're liable to lose your bait. But don't stop because you don't catch something. And listen, sometimes there are other times that you'll go out, man, every cast, you will be reeling them in. You might go through dry spells where, you, man, you've been fishing and been fishing and you come home skunked and you don't have anything. And you say, man, I've been out and I've been out and I've been out and I don't see anything. Hey, you just keep sowing the seed. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do. You just keep casting that line out there and you just keep being patient. You keep working and you keep praying and you keep saying, hey, God, I'd like to see something. And, and you'll never know. You might hit a day when all of a sudden, boy, there, there's people getting saved left and right but you just keep working and doing what you're responsible to do and that is to be a fisher of men fishermen must go to the water fishermen must cast their line fishermen must be patient and we've got to wait on the Lord because he's the one that does he's the one that saves the soul we can't save the soul you can't force somebody to get saved by the way don't force something to happen that's not there. Sometimes we can do that. You can say the right words and you can, uh, you can work things the right way. Listen, just, just pray and ask God to work on hearts. God's the one that saves them. God's the one that changes their heart. You just be faithful in getting the gospel to the lost and dying world. We must be following him. We must be flexible and allow God to work in our life and to mold us into what he wants us to be. And then we must be uh, fishers of men. We have got to be in, in, um, attempting to get the gospel out. We've got to be near water. We've got to be casting our line. We've got to be patient as we try to be fishers of men. And that's what God wants to make us and his disciples. That's what God told Peter and, and Andrew, that he wanted to make them fishers of men. Hey, listen, this week, grab a, grab a handful of tracks on your way out of here and intend to be a fisher of men. Let people know the gospel. Uh, let people know when you run into them, when you go to the store, when you go to other places, and just take a gospel track. I try to carry them, and I, I run out, and, and I thank the Lord when I run out, but then I'm frustrated because I, I go to grab one, and, and I tell people my gospel gun is empty. 
I didn't have any more tracks to give out. And I like to carry tracks with me when I go places. Why? Because I want to be able to give somebody the gospel. I want to be able to try and let them know that, hey, Jesus died on the cross for them. So we need to be fishers of men. And if we do that, hey, we'll be doing our part. We'll be doing what God wants us to do. And listen, how does that change a society? Because people, people will hear the gospel. And when they get saved, hey, their life will change. That will change. You, you take that on a small scale, that family will change. That family get on fire and they start witnessing, they start testifying to other people, and another family will get saved, and it's not long before community changes. And they say, you know what? God's made a difference in their family, and their family, and their family. And not every person is going to, but listen, we ought to be trying to see people saved and get the gospel to the lost and dying world. We need to work on it uh, on a constant basis. Because Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Father, we thank you for your desire to make us fishers of men. And God, we thank you for we thank you for those that we saw saved during vacation Bible school. God, we've seen people saved, and, and God, I thank you for those that we've seen saved. But God, may we not live in last week or last month. And say, boy, we've done our part. No, there's so many lost. There's so many that need you. And God, we've got to continue to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. God, Maslin needs Jesus. Our communities need Jesus. We've got to reach the lost. Father, I pray that you'd help us to be fishers of men. Help us to take tracks. Help us to be reaching people with your gospel. And Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, as the piano plays, we've got to be reaching people. To do that, we've got to be following Him. We've got to be flexible, allow Him to make us what we ought to be then we've got to be getting the word out. Testifying to others. Witnessing to others. Letting them know that God loves them. That God can change their lives.